1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites.
0: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. you, say you keep in the to you busy. I, feel I feel like you get busy. This way
1: of life you have to do with time. You gave up, you Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Getting It Out Podcast. That was Baltimore City's End It With Hatekeeper. That was off of their Unpleasant Living EP, which released, I don't know how many years ago that was now. Maybe just one, could be two. It's possible it's three, though I doubt it. Uh, anyway, I've played every song, I'm sure, from that EP at this point. I've probably played this one before. I've had the fellows on End It On several times over, and I'm always happy to bring it to you again. Of course. They are part of a record label called Flat Spot Records, which will serve as our record label spotlight for the end of the year, the last of 2023, the 12th edition. As on this episode, I'll be speaking with Che Figuera of Flat Spot Records. And what an absolute pleasure it was to catch up with an old friend and talk about one of the hottest, and I mean scorching, record labels in hardcore right now. But first, speaking of hot stuff, let's check the hot zone out of New Jersey. Kick it! This is the first post-Christmas episode of Getting It Out podcast for 2023. And it's the first episode in a couple of weeks, actually. Uh, When I was going into this month, I told you all it would be Dan's Way on December. And it has been, but apparently Dan's Way is to not do it, the podcast. Um, I think this past week was the first week all year where I didn't release an episode. I could be wrong, but maybe it was a couple of those weeks I was on vacation over the summer. But I think for the most part, I've been... Uh, incredibly consistent this year i thought i was going to hit 100 episodes i'm not going to i don't know what the full tally is uh we're in the 90s i can tell you that but that's okay expect less in 2024 uh but not in a bad way i've got a got some plans i've spoke about them here before and we'll see what happens how it all works out but Got some good ideas and hoping to implement them going forward. Uh, But for now, you're getting the same old, same old. One of the things that I implemented this year in 2023 was the monthly record label spotlight. This month, I had a different record label slotted for this spot, the 12th of 2023. And it was actually another record label that began in Baltimore. Uh, They're no longer based out of there. But uh, we had to make a last minute change. So I had to call up a friend, phone a friend as uh, what the, what's the guy from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I want to call him Reese Witherspoon, but I, I know that's not the guy. Kiefer Sutherland. Is that his? Regis? Regis. It's Regis. Uh, I had to phone a friend via Regis Withers Sutherland or whoever he is and uh, reached out to Che who runs Flatspot Records with his partner Ricky Singh. And uh, we linked up for a nice little chat about the record label. And it really has been exciting to watch Flat Spot grow. Another project that I've seen reach uh, extremely impressive heights, just built on full on passion and uh, what's not to like about that. Try to celebrate the people and the things that make it specifically, of course, the ones who I know. Because it's real easy to shit on people that are doing well. (laughs) I don't know why, but it is. But I think it's even easier to uh, prop them up and say, look at this shit. This is cool as hell. So essentially, that's what this episode of the podcast is. Me saying, look at this. You already know this is cool, but let's talk about it some more. So Shay and I had a nice little chat. But I want to ask you how your Christmas was. Did you get everything you want? Did you get anything you need? If you didn't, if I can help you with that, please let me know what it is. But the only thing that I can bring you, I can deliver you, is uh, podcasts. I guess that's all I got for you. So I want you to tell me if there's a guest you would like me to have on the show, a band even in 2024. Please reach out. Email me dan at gettingitout.net even if you just got questions about anything, whatever mailbag, never tried to do a mailbag. And I don't think I'm going to, but I'm just saying you can always email Dan at getting it A lot of people seem to want to message me on Facebook messenger All right not A lot of people every now and then I get messages on there and I don't realize that they're there for a couple months later. I have like an auto uh, auto message set up saying, I don't read this essentially, but um, people still do it. So uh, if you want to, Truly get in contact with me, Dan at gettingitout.net. I'll take your suggestions. There may be one more episode to finish out the year. I am not sure yet. Not sure if I'll have the time. I am working on a top 23 of 2023 episode. I don't care if that comes out a little bit into January because to me, it's okay to wait until the actual end of year to put out these lists. We shall see. But rather than speculate on things that might happen with Getting It Out podcast, let's talk about things that did happen with Getting It Out podcast. Over the years, heading into my seventh year, I've had on many flat spot record spans. Uh, off the top of my head, again, we'll say end it. We'll say bugging, jive bomb, speed, typecast, constrict, um, rule them all, trapped under ice, karma. And I'm certain there's more I can't think of at the moment. My point is, Flat Spot Records has been a part of Getting It Out podcast the entire time. So it was a good time to sit down with Che and ask some questions about a record label I'm pretty familiar with, but still like to learn the nuances of. That's the point of doing these record label spotlights. And that's what we got here with this conversation. But first, I'm going to play you a track from a band that I really enjoy. A band I just mentioned, uh, it's been a couple of years, maybe a few years even, since I had Anthony Gonzalez from Constrict on. If I remember that episode correctly, I had a good time talking to Anthony. And uh, I don't know if Constrict is still an active band. Uh, Part of me says probably not, but that guy does so much music. I think he's in God's Hate and several other bands. But hey, man, I don't keep track of that shit. So I'm certain he was in Constrict. And I know they put on an excellent EP called No Eden right as the pandemic kicked off in March of 2020. And this is the title track from that record, No Eden and then my conversation with Jay. I think back when you and I met. I don't know when that would have been. I guess it would have been early I to mid two thousands.
0: Yeah, most likely, like mid two thousands, late two thousands. About that. Where time. were you?
1: Where were you coming from? Because I feel, were you coming from Virginia?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then I moved. I and like I would always come up since like two thousand and one, but mm-hmm. I didn't officially move until two thousand and ten.
1: That's funny. You know, I was always coming down since like 2001, 2002, and I didn't move down until 2009 or maybe it was 2008, but definitely 2009. So so we're like, have been on the same timeline the whole time. But of course I got out of there uh, six or seven years ago and you're still there, right?
0: Yeah. It sucked me in, man. I bought a house. (laughs) I'm stuck out this way now.
1: (laughs) I think the last time, I think when I moved out, you were at a spot, oh man, I don't remember what, what neighborhood it was or, or anything, in so I think many, it was, man. you were with Jacob and, um, oh,
0: yeah. uh, maybe Jacob, Nick, Nick. Yep. Nick, Jacob, and, uh, this kid, Kyle.
1: Count Garner. And, uh,
0: yep. Yep. And then, and then uh, like
1: down the street was Ev or like right next door was Ev Wivel.
0: Yeah. Ev was two houses down. And at my place, the kid was like the couch guy. He'd like show <laughs> up, sleep on the couch a couple of weeks leave, come back in a month, <laughs> stay a couple months. That was like in and out. No,
1: nah, that's a, that's a that, that was probably a rambunctious house at that time. In my uh, mind, maybe, abs- maybe it yeah. wasn't, but.
0: <laughs> I don't know. It absolutely was. It was chaos.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. And, and like I said, you've been there, you've been there ever since so you're that you're down in the city going on 14 years. Fuck. That's a long time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I live in, uh, I lived in like a bunch of places like Hamlin, Fels, Otto, and Foes by auto and, uh what else uh lived by akil's house now he lives kind of in the middle but i bought mm. a house in highland town
1: mm, nice nice yeah i was always i was always uh what was the neighborhood called uh, the middle east middle east was that first place that was right by hopkins the hospital oh, right, off, right off Fayette. and uh and then that, in
0: the day, that was wild i bet
1: <laughs> it was man that was fun that was yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like but like not like uh like total just bullshit like not a way an adult should have ever lived.
0: Yeah. I feel you. I've, I've done the same thing,
1: too. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, so that's how I know you, I guess, uh, shows hanging out. Shows um,
0: hanging out. I would see you all the time. We'd always hang out.
1: That's right. And and you were, from what I remember, always had this label going. And yep. uh, I I just looked now because I was wondering, what's, what was the first Flat Spot Records release? And I was really surprised to see that it was Drain This Blood.
0: Yeah, AJ. Yeah, Yeah, I met AJ a while ago. Uh, I met him when I was like, I think 17, 18, because they had a show, uh, I want to say, that was a long time ago, man. I want to say DC, Mm -hmm. and I met him. And, uh, you know, I checked the band. I loved it. And I was like, I'm beginning a new label. I haven't done anything. Uh, I should put you guys out. And he was all about it. I mean, he was young too, you know? Yeah. yeah. And uh, um, he was all about it. And uh, uh, yeah, shout out to AJ. It's
1: funny because I have a, uh, I, I went to see Drain This Blood with, uh, I don't know even know who they were supposed to play with, but it was like, I got damn, it had to be around the same time. I was still in high school. No. So it had to be like very early 2000s. or yeah, I don't know. 2002, maybe we'll say. And yeah. Uh, And I have a blurry picture from that show at The Wire in New Cumberland, Pennsylvania. I sent it to him recently. I was like, hey, is is this you? You know, because it's it's just old and like shitty digital camera. But so it's funny and cool to see that it was drained this blood. Uh, Was that like a cassette or something? What did you do with that?
0: Um, Well, we did a a seven inch. Well, at the time, it was just me. So I did a seven inch and it was... um, uh it was the EP. It was they they did like a demo, but the demo was good quality. Like it mm. didn't sound like a demo, like quality wise, it sounded like an EP. Yeah. So we just put that out as an EP.
1: Nice. And nice. Uh,
0: uh yeah, AJ's doing a lot of cool stuff in Pennsylvania too at the moment. Oh my
1: god. Yeah, what well, he's going on got going on out there is, is nuts. It's yeah. imp- it's so impressive. Yeah. It's funny how people uh, like yourself, like him, have been at it so long and have built like these actual, like big, big important things in the scene. This was pretty crazy. Of course, Flat Spot is what I'm referring to with you uh, being yeah. one, one of the things. Um, the big one that I guess that kicked off this whole thing really for you is uh, that second release, uh, I got to imagine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I was cool with all the guys in TUI. This is back when. Um, Uh, the band was like kind of being made and Anton at the time was supposed to sing in TUI and like, cause he was kind of sick of the drug band that he had and they wanted to like do something like kind of valid and legit that wasn't a drug band. So, I mean, I've known about them like a long time. And, uh, and then justice hits me up one day and he's like, yo, we'll be going to the demo to do this TUI. We'll be going to the studio, excuse me, to do this TUI demo. Mm -hmm. Do you want to stop by? And I stopped by. And then uh, I found out Justice was going to sing, and they played the song. And I was like, "Oh, this is cool!" And uh, I thought, honestly, I thought TUI was going to be like a cool local band. Yeah, um, yeah. I I had no idea the how big it was going to get. I mean, I'm just like a kid at the time. Same thing with the band. I'm thinking like, I'll just ask them if they want to do it. It'll be like a cool local band, something to like, you know, uh, something cool to do locally, but it'll just be a local thing. Like in no way was I thinking it was going to blow up the way that it did. And Hell no. uh, it was, yes. it was like a snowball effect. It just, the fucking TUI, UI, uh, you know, it just kept going up and up and, you know, as they kind of blew up, they took the label name with them, you know? So, so they helped us out at the beginning a lot, you know? <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure, and I, 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 I always like that you're a part of the now iconic cover art for the, the uh, uh, a hidden gem of the demo seven inch, but you're on there, and I, yeah. I, I love that. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, that was uh, Sam's idea.
1: That's very cool. It's a, uh, it's. I remember kind of the same thing, hearing about TUI or going to see him. They must have came up to play the champ or something. Um, real early on though. I, and I remember buying the demo from them then. And, uh, the next time they came, it was just like an afternoon show, like a matinee. There was hardly anybody there. Maybe the Mongoloids played or something, but yeah. literally everybody in the entire room knew this, about this demo. And it was just, it was amazing. Cause like Scotto and I remember being, I remember us being there and thinking, what the fuck? They're, like, they're, they're huge. And they've been out for like two weeks
0: yeah that was an exciting time man it was uh um i'd say the two most exciting times with me was like 2000 to 2005 in dc and then when the tui demo came out that was like my second like moment of like this is fucking amazing Like i'm living in like a a moment you know
1: yeah 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 I, i i specifically remember leaving the uh the record release show for the demo um, at art space, you know that was yeah yeah that was in the basement right with the, the tiny ceilings. I hated it, you know, because any anybody over five is going to hate a show down there. I I would imagine, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> it sucked. To, you know, sent walk around like the letter C, but um. But I remember leaving that show, getting in the car. And the only two bands that I remember playing that, of course, are TY and, uh, and Steel Nation. And I remember again with Scotto and we're at the, the gas station, like a block over and we're leaving. I was like, I'm so happy we have friends who are in good bands. Finally, like it finally happened. <laughs> like yeah. people that we knew started playing good music. And of course, like you said, this is when, uh, this is where you know, Flat Spot kind of blows up from that. And I remember you doing the Wheel Bite discography, which is, is a, uh, is a Virginia band, right?
0: yeah yeah so uh so dc had an old label called malfunction mm-hmm. which is kind of like uh, i don't know if you know about them they put out count uh, i believe count me out they put out cast aside they put out a n yeah of course they put out uh wheelbite and uh um and malfunction this old dc label was kind of like the guys that showed me the game mm-hmm. of like labels you know uh Linus, I I'm positive I think you met Linus. He used to own it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He 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 began Malfunction. And um uh so yeah, so when I was a kid, I was into like all the skate punk and uh I was like when I was like 15, 16, like wheelbite was like my band. And I just always at that time I thought it would always be cool to like do like a compilation mm-hmm. with like all the stuff they did. So I hit up the malfunction guys, hit up the wheel guys, and we made that happen.
1: That's a cool that's a cool piece of the discography because I like I love like I I I know I'm not like most people. I love looking through a label's uh discography and just like seeing little gems, little things that yeah. might not have been so popular, but like to see a little discography for wheelbite on there is a cool one. It, again, and, and you know, like early days of the label, because you have the two the two big ones in the beginning, the Trapped Under Ice demo and the backtrack demo that comes next. And yeah. uh interestingly enough, I was going through stuff in the garage the other day and I came across I have all these bins of CDs and in one of them was a backtrack demo CD. And I remembered about this, that they were just asking people for their addresses online and just sending the CDs out. And I remember they just said, you know, just hit, who wants a demo? And they just send it out, you know, a band that uh, I had never heard of. Uh, were you familiar with backtrack before they ended up with flat spot?
0: Uh, so, so what happened with them was T Y had a show in Long Island mm-hmm. And they and like they had that demo CD with them and like Justice comes back and it's us two hanging out and he hands me the demo CD. And that's why I found out about them. Mm. So I listened to the demo CD. I'm into it. I like it. At the time, like Long Island and like NYC as a whole, when it came to like new bands, wasn't doing anything. Right. In the late 2000s. And uh, but they had so many like old iconic bands. I just thought at the time, like it'd be cool to kind of do a new young band out of like NY, like Long Island, you know? Yeah. And, uh, um, so that's, how, that's how that came about. I found out about them because justice gave me the demo CD when TuI, I guess, got it a copy of it when they played Long Island.
1: Nice. Thanks. It's one band feeding into another. That's, it's a, it's a very, uh, it's a very organic way. It seems like the beginning of flat spot happens.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, so those first two—I like say those first four releases—you got two that are kind of looked at as like all-time demos of an era. Was the label sustaining itself at that point, or was it still a loss to release records?
0: Um, it was uh, at that point at the beginning. It was sometimes I'd, I'd make enough to pay back the plant. Right. Sometimes I wouldn't. It was definitely at the beginning, all passion and all just sure. all love of the music, you know, that's what kept it going. Uh, it wasn't until like as the label began getting big that it was like self-sustainable and like making, um, you know, some money.
1: Right, right. So f- when you start out, though, you're kind of keeping it. Well, not really. Now that I'm looking at it. You kind of kept it. Local for the first, not local, East coast, Northeast, whatever. But then you go, you end up all the way with minus, uh, which is, what are they? Los Angeles.
0: Yeah. So that's, um, I think, I believe they live in LA, like in and out of LA, maybe like in the Valley. But, um, I found out about them because at the time and I'm positive, you know, about them, a band called violation was out. Sure um and man, and I was a big at the time I was a big violation fan, and I was like so upset when they split up and uh um uh you know and when when new bands come out they 'll always use a selling point of like ex people of this band, you know right right and uh uh so minus came out the demo was that, and it was like ex violation, and I was like, oh no, I gotta check this out and uh uh checked it out, got in contact with them. Uh, you know, just me being like a mega violation fan was just got me excited to do it. Um, And uh, uh, yeah, minus did uh, they put out, I think an LP maybe two, if I'm not mistaken. And there was an
1: LP on triple B or something. I remember it's on the cover.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, uh, to this day, they still do shows like on the West coast, mainly Mm. just like festivals. But I think it's cool that they still stay, you know, semi-active,
1: that is cool. It's cool band. I remember him coming to the art space at some place at some point and picking up. uh, They had another another seven inch, uh, whatever. But anyway, I, I'm not. I'm not meaning to go through like uh, one by one on these records here. Just now, I'm looking at. I'm like, oh shit, that 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 that. You know, oh, no, yeah, we can talk about anything, man. <laughs> well, we'll 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 get moving here through a little quicker. But I want to stop again at the extermination. That first extermination comp
0: because. Oh man, that was a good one. Yeah, what's up?
1: You. You and I, I'm sure, both enjoyed a fair share of compilations in hardcore uh, coming up, growing up, fig- fig- figuring out bands. So um, you, of course, start this one. You didn't... Did you call it... Vo- I don't see it. it. doesn't say volume one on the first one, does it?
0: No, it doesn't. It was just supposed to be a standalone EP. I had no intentions of doing a second one. Mm-hmm. I just did this one just as a comp, just to put it out. And uh, it eventually led to a volume two and a couple of volumes that we've done at the moment.
1: Right. Right. Well, of course the, the, I mean, it's a, it's a killer. That, that one alone, suburban scum, backtrack, turnstile, soul search, King nine. Yeah. That was big back then. Uh, when turnstile wasn't that big at all, it's kind of, kind of ironic. They might not, (laughs) they might've been the least big band on that at the moment, you know,
0: well, I think so King 9 would have been the least big band because oh, Okay, right. They had, did, not uh, had out their record. They had no demo out. They had mm. nothing out. Uh I just put them out because I was cool with the guys in the band cuz I was always in Long Island hanging out. Yeah. And uh Dan Seely who sings in the band, he came to me one day and he was like, "Yeah, I have an advantage to check it out." And I was like, "Do you guys Well, I was like, "Do you have anything out?" Yeah, he was like, "No, but I can send you a song you can check out." And I was like, okay, cool. He sent me the song. And then I was like, do you think we can just use this? I'm doing a comp. Can we just use this as the last song on the comp? They didn't even have like a demo out. And he was like, Mm -hmm. cool about that. Um, So yeah, like I'd say, uh, and King 9 is doing amazing stuff now too.
1: Yeah, it's funny. It's cool to see, to look at this and see how many bands are still at it. And if not, the bands that they were in then they're in new stuff now. Okay, so when you start this, it's just you, right? Like you mentioned. Absolutely, yeah. But eventually, Ricky joins, right?
0: Absolutely, yep. He joins. When uh, does that happen? 2012. 2012.
1: So this comp,
0: this comp comes out. This the the combo is the last thing that I did by myself.
1: Hmm, Damn, I didn't even know I was right on the money with that one. I was, yeah, (laughs) thought that was a that was an important, probably an important point in uh, the history of flat spot.
0: Yeah, and then the eighth. Uh, I think the comp is like the seventh thing that I put out. And then eight on is both of us.
1: How did that change things for you?
0: Um, it changed because, uh, a he'd always been hitting me up to kind of like get into it and like do flat spot with me. Mm -hmm. And I was like cozying up to that idea. And the thing that I liked about him is, uh, um is, you know, he was in a band that was playing the whole planet. So he right, could like yeah. he could set up flat spot shit in like Tokyo and I couldn't, you know. <laughs> they could like play a show in London and at the table he'll set up flat spot stuff. So that was like a big advantage uh at the beginning, you know? <laughs> and uh I kind of saw that because my thing was like I just wanted the name, the flat spot name to get out as much as possible. And uh him being in a band and being able to like, you know even if it's just something as simple as like putting a flat spot tee on while they play a fest in like Belgium, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, um, and, and, and he pushed the label and on day one, since we've been doing this, he's had like so much passion and so much love. And, uh, uh, I'd say like label wise, it's, you know, that was a big changing moment was when me and him united to, uh, to keep flat spot going.
1: Yeah, I'd have to say so too. And just from you know, from the outsider's perspective, just seeing how quickly it grew, and there's always been a thing about uh, the way you guys have run Flat Spot, where it's like the the, the branding is intentional, and it's it yeah, is absolutely. like when something is Flat Spot Records, you're going to know it's Flat Spot Records. And I think like uh, some people, I don't know, are a weird about that, but it's clearly so beneficial to the label and the bands to 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 work this way. Yeah, absolutely. It is where, or when did you come to that, uh, realization or, um, I
0: would say, uh, once when I I'd say once COVID hit, mm-hmm. that's when flat spot actually began blowing up. You know, yeah. it was, uh, uh, I believe, um, COVID hit shit got hectic. And then, in the middle of COVID, we did um, the uh, the section hate EP, mm-hmm. and uh, and they did like a LA show that blew a flat spot. And then, like since then, we've kind of just been putting the flat spot logo on things, <laughs> and like I don't know what it is, but it's just been helping out so much. And we just we'll put the flat spot logo. I'm like, you know, anything we can, if it's like a show that we do, if it's like a fest that we do, it it might be, uh, they just did a festival in Bogota, you know, where we linked up with them and, you know, did some stuff with them to have the logo showing in like as many places as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just, it just goes back to just getting the name out, you know?
1: Oh yeah. Well, you say the logo, and when I think of flat spot logo, I think of a couple of logos. There's the, you know, the rectangle, there's the script, there's the guy yeah. fighting the record or whatever. Is there a, is, is, there a primary, like, is there, this is the one we want everybody to see?
0: The one now is the one you just mentioned. It's just the plain logo, legible mm-hmm. one. Um, that's like the main one we've been using lately. But I mean, like you mentioned, the logo has been like evolving as time's been going on, you know? yeah. And, uh, uh, I think now we just wanted something that was like simple and legible and just easy to point out quickly. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like logos in the past might've been not too legible. Um, and we just, we just wanted something that was like catches somebody's eye and it's like, you know, fully just legible and you can't confuse it with anything else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the one I like too. I like, you know, just the to like you said, bold and legible. Sometimes it's as simple as that. Yeah. The, uh, you, you, you mentioned the, um, the way things kind of blew up around, uh, around COVID. And yeah, yeah. to me, from my perspective, it seemed like one of those things that had a lot to do with uh, the big success of uh, of flat spot was the guy we mentioned before and his band, a <laughs> and, End, which to me, very cool to see, and know knowing all you guys right but also just as somebody who lived and loved to that city and that hardcore scene to see another band kind of rise out of there uh you saw end it real early on and had them linked up i believe back when you did like the self title was that the demo like a few years ago
0: yeah so so the guys in End it, i met them a while ago they didn't have anybody to sing they wanted me to sing i didn't have time and then i suggested jacob and that Jacob didn't have time to jam. And then, uh, I saw, uh, old band called, uh, uh, malicious, malicious code, malicious code,
1: malicious code, code. That's what it is. Yeah.
0: And, uh, um, and I saw him on stage and just something like the band was cool, but like something about Akil like stood out to me when I saw him play that day, I went with Nick to the show and, uh, just something stood out, man. like, He's talking shit in between songs, you know, uh, he just has like, he has, he has a thing to him that just makes you want to get into the band that he's in, you know? Right. And so, uh, so the guys in ended and the band wasn't even called ended just yet. It was just a couple of guys jamming and Mm -hmm. I went back to them and I couldn't do it and Jacob couldn't do it. And I was like, you know what? Y'all should definitely get a keel to sing. Like just something about him, like, and I was like, malicious code is like cool, but it's not, in my opinion, not the band that he should have been singing in at the moment, even though I love malicious code, he needed something with like a, use it with like a musical edge to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I suggested that and they, uh, and they began jamming with Akio. And then at that same time, uh, we put out a band called hangman at a long Island. Mm-hmm. And I went to see hangman in long Island when the seven inch came out and it just so happens that the guy who sang in neglect was at that long Island show. And I was so hype. And on the way back home, all I could listen to was was neglect specifically (laughs) the ended EP. Yeah. And, uh, so, To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm like listening to the Neglect the EP the whole way down. And then I meet up with the guys jamming one day. And I was like, you know what? Y'all should name the band End It. Like, 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 I know Akil loves Neglect. Like, you know, the vibe like fits you guys. And uh, um, they went with the band name End It. Uh, we immediately did the, uh, I don't want to call it a demo. We mm-hmm. just, I, they skipped the demo and just did an EP kind of like what we did with, with AJ, you know, like, like mm-hmm. fuck the fuck saying it's a demo. Let's just put out, put it out as an EP. And, uh, uh and I, and at the beginning I was the one booking all the ended shows just, to, uh, and I didn't even book shows at the time. I was just doing it to give them, you know, uh, hype and shows to play, you know?
1: The fucking and, uh, architect of it all. Jesus, I didn't know you had this much on. <laughs> I didn't know you had this much of it.
0: <laughs> and, uh, I mean, when, like, when, like, I love a band, I put my, even if it's not my band, I put my all into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, um, uh, and so yeah, little by little, uh, you know, we hooked them up with hangman. They played a bunch of shows out of town with hangman and uh, little by little, they began playing shows out of town and uh, um, you know, I can only do so much and then it's up to them to keep it going, you know, and boy, do they keep it going because <laughs> um, uh, they've, they've been doing some amazing things, you know?
1: Yeah, it's been really fun to watch. And uh, it also, you know, it's always cool when the people are cool too. that help. That helps a ton. Um I've, I've enjoyed watching them and watching the way, watching the way, like, you know, it's kind of a a high tides, raise all ships thing, like flat spots doing good. And it's doing good. Um, Baltimore city's doing good. Uh, you know what I mean? Like that all goes in one thing. And those are all things that I love and appreciate. So, so I think that's why I've always been, you know, in the corner, uh, cheering it all on. And, uh, from there, it seemed like you mentioned like the, COVID through COVID. Uh, I felt like I was I was having a lot of your bands on at that time, or maybe just before. I don't know what the timing was exactly, but I remember talking to John from Rule Them All, uh and yeah, yeah, strict, yep. uh, I forget who from Typecast, but somebody from Typecast. And one of the ones or um, sorry, uh Jordan from Karma, Brianna from Buggin, and yep. one of them was uh Jem from Speed, who oh, back then that. back then was just it was just a flexi from a band that nobody over here, as far as I knew, had heard about. And I remember talking to him right around the George Floyd riots and having a good conversation with seemed like a very cool guy. And then that band just blew the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> at least at least from at least from here. Uh, yeah. By the way, that uh,
0: that that uh, podcast episode with Jem is one of the best ones you've done.
1: Ah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So how did speed get on your guys' radar? Cause I know you'd released uh, stuff from an Australian band before iron mine, but yeah. how, how did you end up with speed?
0: So, uh, we hit them up. Um, because a couple of people told us about them and, uh, um, we just hit them up. We just, you know, liked what, you know, musically what they had going on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, um, and they immediately wanted to do it, you know? And like it wasn't so much like uh uh he hit him up because I wasn't like too in tune with speed at the time. So it was like him and talking to speed mm-hmm. and uh seeing if they went to do flat spot. And uh um, but yeah, we did it. Uh they've been so loyal musically, it sounds like a lot of people say it sounds like uh T U Y with like added heaviness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we picked them up at the beginning when not too many people knew about them and, uh, uh, yeah. And they've, you know, they've just been busy and the busyness has been paying, you know, has been paying off and they've been doing amazing things too.
1: Yeah. It's pretty impressive to see what they've been able to accomplish in uh, just a a couple of years. Uh, but I got to ask you the first release you did with them was just a flexi. Is that like a, uh, tester? Is that like, well, oh, and this band's from Australia. We don't know if they're going to do shit or not. We got to start slow with a, with a flexi and a well, small investment.
0: Yeah. If it's like a new band, we do like small investments. It might be a flexi, it might be a cassette. Um, if, if you don't notice, we did like a ton of cassettes, uh, with like new bands. Yeah. And, I think End and, It was
1: even a cassette, right?
0: And it was, yeah, we did two cassettes with End It mm-hmm. and then, uh, Um, you know, as, as we see the, as, as we see if the bands like, you know, getting busy and and making some noise, then we'll move to the LP, which is the case with, uh, as an example, like end it, you know, but yeah, at the beginning with new bands, uh, you want to keep like, uh, you want to keep it as a low investment on the label side, because you don't know what's going to happen. If they'll split up, if they'll be busy and, you know, so that's basically what that was with the Flexi.
1: Yeah, sure. That seems like something you learned along the way, of course.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at the beginning, we've done like LPs and like seven inches with like new bands. And it wasn't, uh didn't pan out the way you wanted it to, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I know from firsthand experiences from my, from having a several it's pleasant living seven inches still, you know what I mean? Like oh, sometimes just yeah, yeah. shit don't sell and you're stuck. You guys, with, uh...
0: you guys had to come back and do a show.
1: Oh, hell no. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I don't, you know, truthfully, I don't, I talk to one, two of those people now. I don't even know what happened to, to uh, Tony or the drummer, Nick. I don't, you know, no clue.
0: Okay. Gotcha.
1: <laughs> so anyway, flat spot seems to have just grown exponentially over the last couple of years. Um, you got this whole flat spot world thing going on where you guys do shows and uh, you've done New York. Where else have you done them?
0: Uh, Los Angeles. That's what we did. We did a little thing in Chicago and I believe we had something set to do something in London.
1: Damn. Actually going worldwide. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Shouldn't, shouldn't have doubted it, but so things have, you know, kind of snowballed into this, this great big, uh, I don't want to say uh, I don't want to say business, but I guess it is right. It's you've, you've been able to make a, a business out of this record label. And I don't, I'm not implying that that's, it's lucrative enough to be your job, but it's uh but it's cool as hell that it seems like it's working out pretty well.
0: Yeah, yeah it absolutely is, man. Um, you know, it's a, uh, it, it's a good position to be in. I mean, I've been doing the label since I was 19, yeah. you know, so to see something that I began when I was a teen, take off the way that it did is beyond any expectation I had when I began it.
1: Yeah. I can't imagine. I can't imagine you would have thought it would get this far. Um, Absolutely not. The Well, one of the big things that I certainly want to get to, and want to make sure we talk a lot about is you started doing a, a fest called Disturbing the Peace Fest in Baltimore three years ago. Two I mean, there's been two, right? So
0: yeah. So in coming 20, up on the third. 22. Yep.
1: Why did you start doing that?
0: Um, so I've always wanted to do it. It's always been on my mind. Uh, I always thought the city needed it. I I always looked at it as like, it would just blow the scene up in the city and mm-hmm. uh, Baltimore city, you know? And, uh, um, but just when I was thinking about doing it, the time always seemed off. Something might've gotten in the way. Maybe I was too busy to make it happen. And uh, when COVID happened, I just had a lot of time on my hands and uh, like a lot of time to plan things out, you know, check out the logistics of it and whatnot. And uh, uh, so as soon as shit opened back up in 2022, I was like, now's the time I'm going to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and with the fest name, I wanted it to be. Something of the city of like Baltimore city, you know? Yeah. And, uh, uh, and I was always a fan of like bands and festivals that get the name off of like a band song that they love, right. you know? And I thought what band you know, like, I was like, if I could choose any song name of any band to do this festival, I mean, it has to be gut instinct. Got you know? be. I couldn't think of anybody else, any band that would have taken the name. Cause I wasn't even thinking about like out of town bands of like, should I do like an AF song? You know? But I was like, nah, we got, we have to do gut instinct. You know what I mean? And if I, if, without a gut instinct song, this fest has no name to it, you know? And, uh, uh, so that's how I got the fest name and, uh, finally got time to do it. Made it happen in 2022. It was a success. So I was like, okay, let's keep it going. Uh the last one we did was the one with uh TUI headlining. Mm-hmm. It was uh I'm I might leave some people out, but it was uh uh TUI and it uh scowl Zulu. Um it was a while ago, so the set uh okay. the uh the list is like escaping me now. But it was a uh, uh successful just as the one in 2022. And uh, uh, so I'm doing it again at a soundstage. Shout out to Adam at Soundstage. has helped me out a lot. This time we'll be doing two days. Um, so hyped on the bands we have this time. Uh, and um, yeah, next month, uh, anybody listening should definitely go buy some tickets and check that out. It's going to be just as insane as the last one with TUI and the one in 2022. If you've been, you know what I'm talking about. And uh yeah, man, I'm just hyped to, uh, to just get it going with the fest.
1: It's a it's a killer lineup. And it got even better when I saw you announce the the pre-show too. Um, but even just that first that first uh lineup with biohazard headlining, H2O, oh, yeah, gut instinct, outburst, like that those four alone, like it's to me it's interesting because it's like you you nailed the headliner slots, right? The classic old school worldwide hardcore like legends, right? And then you throw in Killing Time on the pre show too. But then you have like, you know, your, your current like headliners, End It, The Chisel. And that's even, we're even getting international here. But you also include local shit, like again, Gut Instinct and The Aftermath on that pre show. Oh how, how I, I know you're a fan. Oh my God. I feel like we've talked about The Aftermath before. Mega fan. Yeah, I thought so. Tell me about including a band like The Aftermath
0: yeah so um so with them i just want to say that uh i was a mega fan of them when i was a kid uh because between 2000 and 2005 i was at all the shows in dc mm-hmm. so i see them like a bunch of times and uh, i was talking to matt who sings in the band uh a while ago and i was like y'all should come back and do a show and he was like i don't know like some of the guys live out of town and uh uh um, that was a while ago. And then maybe like a couple of months ago, I told him, you know, I got the fest going on, they should come back and do it. And, uh, uh, I had to convince him to to do it. He was all about it. Um, I'm excited. Like the little kid inside of me is like doing backflips, you know, and, uh, uh, so excited to get them on the show. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's a cool that was one as soon as I saw that flyer up I was like, "Oh shit, that's a that's a cool one." And I think, you know, I think it's a it's a cool semi-local touch, you know, to go with yeah. a, the rest of it. I know they're not a Baltimore band, but fucking close enough. You know how it works down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, I I want I want to ask you a little bit about the bands that I'm not familiar, familiar with at the be at the bottom of the flyer. Specifically Cold Times, Red Eye, and Backlash. Who are these bands? Where are they from?
0: Yeah. So, uh, so cold times is out of San Juan, mm. uh, you know, I have a lot of family out that way and I've been going to San Juan my whole life.
1: Yeah. You go to Puerto Rico often, right?
0: All the time. Yeah. yeah. All my films yeah. out that way. And my, my, my whole life, I was like, it'd be cool to get like, well, Hey, I just wanted to go to a show in San Juan, you know, mm. let alone even like check a band out. I just wanted to like see what was going on. And, uh, uh, and I found out about this band called cold times at San Juan and just me being like having all my family out that way and just loving that Island so much. I just wanted to have a band in San Juan come out and just do like an actual cool fest. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to put them in like a cool situation and, uh, uh, and I hope tons of kids check them out. Tons of kids get into them and they blow up off of this, you know? Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's what, uh, is going on with cold times. My bad. Who else did you ask about?
1: Uh, red eye and backlash. Cause I know yeah. choice to makes down there, but I know them. Right. So this is just yeah, me. Yeah. This is just for my own information.
0: Yeah. So backlash is a new band out of DC. Um, you know, me living by, by DC my whole life. I've I'm always had love with DC. And, uh, uh, backlash is just a new band out that way. I think the demo came out. Maybe I know they did like a two song demo possibly that's like out now Mm -hmm. um but anybody listening should definitely check out backlash and um uh, my bad you said who else
1: uh red eye
0: oh yeah yeah so that's just a new a new band out of baltimore i think what was going on with them is the band was only meant to do one show Mm -hmm. which they played like a couple months ago but um i just asked them to come out and open up the fest you know yeah. And uh, uh, just to have like I like to put like new local bands to open up the fest just to kind of give them like a push and have kids check them out, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. So I I've, I try to do that with uh, anytime I do a Baltimore episode, I try to find a band. Um, that I'm not maybe, maybe it's just me who's not as familiar with to put on the beginning and the end of the episode. So people hear them. And it's a good way for me to get introduced to them. one of them, which is Erode, who I know you have opening on the, uh, on the pre show. And uh, from talking to them, I think they got some new stuff coming out soon. So I'll be looking for that. But, um, but yeah, so it's, I, I love seeing that you have these, you know, you got the locals, you got the, uh, the international legends, and then you got all the relevant bands in the middle there to like, you know, currently relevant. And I think it's, you do a very good job of, uh, spreading out the love.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, that was the idea. Like what you just said, uh, when I was picking the lineup, um, you know, I'm just happy that all the bands always keep coming out and doing it, you know, shout out to all the bands playing the fest. Cause I, uh, you know, I can't do it without them. And, uh, uh, I'm just so hyped to get it going on next month.
1: Is there a particular set that you're most looking forward to? Is it the aftermath? You can say it.
0: I'd say them. Yeah, me, me. I'd say them. I'd say gut instinct. Um, And uh, I would say uh, always love seeing end it. Um, can't wait to hang out with the guys in the chisel. Um, I mean, I'm I'm better just name all the bands, so I need to stop. You know, it's yeah.
1: <laughs> fair though. It's fair though. It's like they like yeah. you. They like your children. Suburban Scum is an interesting one on there because they they were a band that you put out stuff from a while ago. They went away. Are they, are they back now full time, or do are you not able to yeah, speak on so, that for them?
0: So, um, I don't know if they'll be back full time. You should definitely like invite them on in the podcast and and ask them that. I can do that. But but with them, uh, you know, um, you know, they split up and like, I want to say in 2022, when I did the fest in 2022, I was hitting them up Mm -hmm. and like, they kept saying, they don't know if they'll be coming back. And I just kept like hitting them up all the time. Like, you got to come back. You got to come back. You know? (laughs) And, uh, um, yeah. So they got Austin. I believe Austin lives in, uh, Boston. So Austin is singing in the band now. And like and they've been making a lot of noise. I'm just happy they came back because I'm I'm a huge fan. Uh I think the Ultimate Annihilation LP would do with them is amazing, one of the best uh joints in the two thousand and tens. And uh yeah, I'm heavily excited to uh check them out.
1: Yeah, I was I, excited I mean, to I, see them. Back. Yeah, I mean, when, when joe announced them for this is hardcore i, I thought that was cool as hell and then yeah. you know just to see him playing again because those records really were excellent i know they kind of got railroaded there for a while for this or that reason but uh but whatever the fucking music stands up absolutely well the uh the the fest you moved from well the first one was at autobar uh which you know i guess that's where you have the pre-show now Which I was talking, I was talking to somebody about the, I don't know who it was recently, just talking about the Audubar and like what that place kind of means to the city, the scene and how like, oddly enough, like some of the worst shit that I've ever experienced has happened there or like, you know, really bad shit has happened there. But like so many good Things have come of that that building and that place, seeing shows, making friends. Uh unfortunately a lot of violence stuff as well. But I don't know. Tell tell me a little bit about your relationship with the with the venue like the autobar.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I've been going to that venue since I was 16, like 2001. This is when like they, I guess I didn't go to the old location when they just Neither did I. The, yeah, yeah. When they just moved to this location. That's when I began going to it. And, uh, I mean, I've seen tons and tons of show at this place. I'd say, uh, I, would even say it's the most iconic venue in the city. You know, mm. it's, uh, they've had the most classic shows. Uh, you know, I love how they keep letting us do shows. Um, I used to live two blocks by the venue, like not too long ago. So I was at, I was, I was always hanging out, you know, and, uh, um, yeah, man, I love that venue like to death. I do.
1: It is a special on that. And I'll always say the sidebar, but I, I, you know, I was out in the city a couple of weeks ago and we were just, we were right by the sidebar cause we were down in our Harbor and I walked past it with my family. And I was like this little place here and I think but I have no idea what's going on with it now. You know, yeah, like, I know it's that, in like a state of whatever, but yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, that, that place is amazing. Absolutely amazing venue. I love that place to death, but like lately it's just been kind of dead. Yeah. No they've had no shows. I don't even know who owns it now. I don't know I don't yeah, I don't know what's going on with that man. They haven't had a show at that place in a long long time.
1: It's a shame. It's a it's, shame. It's, that's it's, that's it's, my favorite venue ever.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a damn shame because they should definitely uh somebody should definitely open it back up and begin having shows again.
1: Well, from what I understand, somebody is trying to do that. It's just they're trying to do it the the legal and right way and get everything fixed and I don't know I don't, but that's all I know I don't I don't know anything more than that yeah, yeah well all right so you the reason I wanted to bring up the venues though is because you went you went from Autobar and then the, last year you did Soundstage and this year you did Soundstage you expanded it to two days you added a pre show can't get much bigger than this can it
0: um I have some ideas <laughs> no, shit. I don't want to I I don't want to say anything just yet you know uh wow. but but next time i think it'll be uh twice as big than what it is now
1: jesus you yeah. gonna go on you bringing it under 83 <laughs> death fest style
0: <laughs> i mean i don't want to i don't want to say anything just yet you know yeah
1: I hear you. I hear you.
0: yeah All but right. but well, but like each time though we always kind of just want to step it up
1: sure of course of course. Yeah. And that, you've, you've been able to do that with the label. Um, of course, uh, as we talked about, but seems like you did maybe significantly less records this past year in
0: 2023. Um, yeah, just cause we have a bunch of bands in the studio.
1: Mm, so, okay. so is 2024 looking like a big year?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll have a lot of stuff coming out. Yeah. Nice. A lot. Yep.
1: Well, is there anything you can, other than the fest, is there anything you can say is up for uh flat spot records in 2024? Um, and it's okay if you say no.
0: Yeah, no. At the moment it's all confidential, but just be on the lookout because we have a lot of big announcements. I wish I could say it now and give you the exclusive, but, uh, at the moment it's still confidential. <laughs>
1: Nah, keep it, make, make it, yeah. I don't, I don't need, I don't need any, uh, any sneak peeks. I don't okay. need any exclusives. You, you, you let it, let it happen as it naturally happens. It's worked <laughs> out so well for you guys so far, uh, that, uh, that I just want to see it, uh, keep going like this. Yeah, man. Thank you. That was my conversation with Che. The song you just heard was "Primitive Desires" by Jive Bomb off of their "Primitive Desires" EP, which dropped just over a year ago, October seventh of twenty twenty-two. I got a feeling they probably have new music coming out soon, but I also don't know shit because Che wouldn't tell me who's got new music coming out next year. But I think we can come to our own conclusions, and that's okay. I like it that way. The bigger the surprise, the better. Uh, You can catch them as part of the Disturbing the Peace Fest in 2024, January 27th. They're playing the day with End It headlining, H2O Outburst and Jive Bomb right there on that bill. Also included on that day, Section Hate, Buggin', Naysayer, Life's Question, Karma, and Backlash. I know we filled you in on what's happening there. But again, January 27th and 28th at the Soundstage in Baltimore, Maryland. Tickets are available now. I'll put the little link in here so you can click on that and just go purchase them right now. Get yourself in the door for sure in Baltimore in 2024. Some of that almost rhymed. Pretty good by me. Thank you. I appreciate the applause. But bigger thanks to Che for his time, for his conversation, for his record label. Hey, thanks, Ricky, for helping them along the way, too. It's been very cool to see this thing explode. And I know I keep saying that it's kind of a I'm on, little on repeat, but I mean it. It's genuine. So good for them. Good for us. Good for you for making it this far into the podcast. Listening along. It's always really interesting to me that I can just have a conversation with a friend and people want to listen to it. And I do realize it's 99 percent of the time because they're bringing all the meat and potatoes to the conversation. And I'm just kind of the utensil, poking and prodding, saying what's under this piece of meat? <laughs> what's inside this piece of meat? You know what I'm saying? And there's usually plenty to chew on. Okay, enough of talking about that like that. I want to encourage you, as always, to head over to gettingitout.net. Check out what's going on there. The news is still coming. DYS just announced a reissue. The 40th anniversary of Brotherhood It's going to be coming out on Bridge Nine Records January 12th. All proceeds will benefit Dave Smalley's medical fund. Dave Smalley, of course, a former Getting It Out podcast guest. So, you know, I got to push that. Also, the guy who's on vocals of one of my favorite, absolutely top tier records, can I say, by Dag Nasty. Hey, Brotherhood's cool too. And now is your chance to pick it up. It's a one-sided EP with a screen printed B-side find that link wherever you find links. I'll also be putting out a new, new around here article on gettingitout.net this week, highlighting some bands that were just added to the page. And as usual, I'm all over the place genre wise, but you know, I've realized I've had a serious lack of new hardcore bands to add. I know they're out there. It's just hardcore bands do a really bad job of promoting themselves and being open to being promoted i don't know how to say that correctly but often i try to reach out to hardcore bands and say hey do you want to do something can i help with this or whatever and they're like yes absolutely but then they do no part (laughs) like i don't know what they expect to happen Uh, they just don't do anything then it's just like yes please do all that for us and uh and I'm like, hey, can you send me a bio? And I get like a Michigan City hardcore. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, man. Who do you think you are? Anyway, I would like to put more newer hardcore bands on gettingitout.net. I'd love to have your news up there as well and do record reviews for you, but you got to send them in. I got to be aware of them to do them. I'm not searching you out. Those days are over. Cue Florence in the Machine. Anyway, that's going to be it for this episode of the podcast. I am going to end it with a hardcore band and I am going to end it with a Flat Spot Records hardcore band, a band who I've had on the podcast before, though it has been a few years. At this point, it would be nearly three years ago because this Flexi came out January 29th, 2021, and it was their label debut. This track is from Chicago's Buggin. It's called Brain Freeze. Thank you for listening. Bye bye.